Hey, what's up, everybody? We are back for another episode here with uh, Valor Ventures, and uh, I'm your host, Brandon Neal, with my co-host, Andrew Fletcher, across the table from me. Sorry, Andrew the Great Fletcher. There you go. Sorry, I almost <laughs> almost missed that. We about had to start over. No kidding. No kidding. Um, well, hey, we are uh, the the hunting season is underway. We've both gotten back from our first hunts of the of the year already. I guess my second hunt actually. I, I was out in June. Um, spoiled. Tom Bison <laughs> in in Alaska. So I am spoiled. So did that and then did another hunt this last weekend we'll talk about. You did a little bit of hunting this last weekend. We are uh, coming into the end of August. Weather's starting to cool a little bit in the mornings, and um, fall is falls pretty much here, right? So we're getting things ready. I was Yesterday I was out um, dialing in some new rifles for a client of ours, uh, one of our members, and... Uh, Man, I love shooting those those rifles. I mean, I think I had them dialed. I mean, three two, shot zero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, I I basically went out and uh, they weren't bore sight or anything. So I, I I love it when you bore sight one and it's a bullseye for a shot. Just to get that lucky. So that's kind of how that one went. And then um, then the other one wasn't much worse. I, I I actually didn't have to bore sight that one. I just shot it and uh, it was like six inches low. So dialed those in and then went out and put up, put put uh, bullets for a shot at 400, 600, 800, and we got these things figured out. So he's gonna he's gonna love them. And um, anyway, I, I um, always I don't, I don't know if I want to say laugh but when somebody gets a new rifle and they got their new scope and they got their scope covers on them and all that, right? And I don't know how you feel about scope covers, but I uh, do not like them. So to me, they're a nuisance and they're in the way. And uh, I, if, if it's rainy or snowy, then I'll, I might use a scope, like one of those scope, uh, we've, we've got, they're called scope bands. And they're pretty cool. I will use those if it's snowing or raining. Other than that, I don't want anything on my scope. And honestly, I don't think I've ever scratched a scope. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I, I have a neoprene cover that I keep on it if it's snowing or raining or if I'm like in a side-by-side -side where it's dusty. Yeah. Just keep stuff off it, but yeah. I don't. I don't have anything for. And if I'm hiking, I got nothing on it. Right. So hey, if you like scope covers, go ahead and use them. But I, I, I used to do. I used to be that guy. Uh, you know, because you want you want to take care of your stuff. You know, I mean, my dad always taught me take care of my stuff, which I'm grateful for. Um, but you also need to use your stuff. You know, I mean, it's it's there to use, and it's it's a tool to get the job done. And uh, you know, I'm not going to abuse my stuff, but I'm also going to make sure I use it and enjoy it and. You know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, spotting scope, different story. I got I got a Swarovski spotting scope, and I keep the cover on that, of course, when it's in my pack. But as far as uh, rifle scopes, in case anybody's wondering, I mean, I, I recommend, I mean, I guess you can keep the dust out if you want to keep covers on. But, yeah, I, I just, I like mine open. And well, even then, it's like, I've looked through some of my scopes when they're absolutely freaking filthy, like just covered in dust. And you still see through them fine. Yeah. It's like. You would have to have so much dust on that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and if you're if you're putting the scope covers on to keep them from getting scratched, I mean, I mean, I, seriously, I don't think I've ever scratched a rifle scope, and I've used them a lot in all kinds of conditions through brush, and you know. So that might help some some of you out there that are using scope covers all the time. Take those suckers off, man. Use use that rifle, and um, you know, and then when you when you when you clean it, when you want to clean your your rifle or you want to clean your binos. I don't even like to wipe them with any rags or anything. I'll usually get, uh, like, my binoculars. I'll just turn the sink on and, and run my binoculars under the sink and get all the dirt off that way. 
and then I'll use a really nice uh, fine uh, lens cloth to to clean them but I'm really careful about it. I, I like to use just water and soap and then compressed air for the most part and then I'll like I said I'll just yeah you know fog them a little with my breath and, and air anyway. dusters are a good thing yeah air dusters work too yeah how frequently do you clean your rifle <laughs> uh, I don't clean my rifle unless it starts shooting bad I think that's one thing a lot of people do it's like I used to clean my gun every time I shot it yeah every time I did too because again that's how I was raised right you go shoot it you clean it yeah and yeah it wasn't until we started doing some more shooting school actually what happened was I was out um, we, we started to do some stuff with Montana rifle you know back in the day with with rolling bones and we got our first set of rifles through them that we were putting together for our members and so Brian and Brad go out there and we go we go just start shooting them you know and I'm like don't we need to break them in or anything and they're like what you know nah just you know season those barrels get them shot and I look I know some people go you got to break it break a barrel in properly ever since then I've I've shot a lot of brand new guns and I've never broken them in by shooting around cleaning it shooting it around cleaning it you know I've never done that since then I used to and uh, I've also talked to quite a few gun builders that have told me that all that cleaning does is, is wear the barrel out faster than you know if you clean it all the time so I don't know man I mean I've, I've got rifles that I've probably got five six hundred rounds through never cleaned them and they shoot awesome yeah my main hunting rifle, I don't think I've cleaned in two and a half years. Shot yeah. it two days ago, still half minute. <laughs> yeah. My PRC I haven't cleaned in three years. Um, I've got a six Creedmoor I haven't ever cleaned. Shoots really good. And so, yeah, I, I think, I think they, they kind of almost clean themselves, actually. You know, they, they, there's enough pressure in there with that bullet and all the, uh, you know, just all the pressure. They clean themselves. So if they start shooting bad, that's a different story. Then I would clean it clean it really good and you know so now i'll clean the action i'll clean the action out after every hunt and and just wipe it down and re you know put a little bit of uh, um usually use seal one lubricant is what i usually use or something like that and um put a little bit of that on there and i'm good to go yep so you you agree oh yeah 100 percent. yeah of course if you fill it up like that's the only time i think i've ever cleaned them is if i fill it full of fill it full of crap yeah. Yeah. If I'm hunting, I, I always tape the barrel, even if I'm hunting in a dry condition, just cause I don't want branches and stuff going down. So I always tape the end of the barrel. Yeah. That's just kind of my common, common deal. I mean, if I'm coyote hunting, I don't do that of course, but, uh, yeah, any big game hunting, it's taped up and you don't have to worry about it. Cause, cause as soon as you shoot that tape blows off the end of your barrel before the bullet even hits it. So, uh, if I've been with guys before and they've seen my, my end of my gun taped up and they go, okay, oh, take your tape off before you take the shot. I go, that's ah, fine. You know, I just shoot, shoot through it, you know? Um, yeah. So anyway, a couple little, uh, tips for y'all there. I, that, that wasn't really expected, but there you go. Right. <laughs> um, crazy world we're living in right now, all the stuff going on. I'm not sure everybody's hunting. Uh, you know, I was uh, supposed to go to Tajikistan in February. <laughs> I don't think it's looking too promising right now. It's really unfortunate what's going on over there and um, in, in that part of the world. And, you know, th there's uh, obviously more uh, strenuous things going on than, than a hunt. But, um, I don't know, maybe some miracle will happen and we'll still be able to go on something like that. But not looking too good or probably not too wise to be heading over there as an American right now. <laughs> and Tajikistan is not Afghanistan. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we need to talk to Brian Martin on this topic is probably what we should do is get him on and say, hey, what do you think about all this? And uh, 
I know, you know, he's talked about how safe it actually is. Uh, they actually like Americans where you go, where we go hunting. Um, Af Afghanistan, where the Taliban are, are may be a different story. But um, I don't really know. I've never never been over there myself. But anyway, yeah, so we, we had some good hunts this last weekend. And uh, I know you were out archery mule deer hunting. And uh, you were successful. Yep. Right? And uh, tell us about it. What, what uh, how'd it go? O opening weekend in Utah? A lot of people. A lot of people. Like how many? Like, like how many is a lot? Like too many. Like they need to cut the tags in half. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, too bad. It's good to see though. You know, it's like I get frustrated and I think everybody does. I always get frustrated every year. You go to your spot and there's people everywhere. Or you get on the mountain that you're used to not having that many people. And there's people everywhere. Which it's, it's good. And a it's a good and a bad thing, right? Because it means there's more people enjoying hunting which is ultimately going to lead to keeping it around and, and us being able to continue to do what we love. But it is freaking annoying when people screw you up at the same time. Yeah. I think, right. I think that there should be, cause here's the thing. Good hunters never bother you, right? It's like if you're out and you're hunting in an area, even if there's more, a bunch of people there and they're all good hunters, not, not really a big deal. Right. But if you're hunting an area and there's a bunch of bad hunters, then that's super, super frustrating. Right. Like, I got screwed up on first night, got on a buck, it was probably 26, 27 wide, big three-point, and I freaking love big three-points, and uh, set up on him, feeding right to me, and had two guys screw me up. Uh, so, would have been like 40 yards, I mean, smack down. Like, you couldn't have drawn it up any better, huh. just like I meant to do it. You had good wind, you were in the right yeah, spot. It never goes how it's supposed to. It was going exactly how it's supposed to. had two guys, they're just came over had no idea you know came over the hill pushing pines totally totally screwed never saw the deer just screwed it up so that that's is, that's frustrating but that is frustrating i think that's that's the challenge with spot and stock in a general unit especially on an opening weekend is there are so many guys out there spotting stock you right? yeah. i mean if you can get on a water hole before the next guy that might be a better way to go opening weekend in a lot of cases you know i mean yeah. you know it's because you're not only trying to sneak in on what you're trying to shoot but it's also racing against somebody coming and screwing you up you yeah know? yeah for sure so a little different than the rifle right where sometimes all See, that pressure it. yeah all those all those pre all that pressure kind of can help things out sometimes moving yep. around you know uh you know god I, I i know it's uh that's a frustrating thing so anyway so so you saw that big one there and then and you got messed up on that one what what other what else happened i was mostly just trying to have a buddy come down he'd never killed a buck in velvet so we're just trying to get him a buck most of the weekend so he missed a couple shots which is okay if you hit them then you have to gut them and then if you gut them you got to skin them so missing's <laughs> never really a bad thing right so he missed a couple shots i did take i took a, a 12 year old girl out on her first hunt this year she killed a buck saturday morning so cool. opening morning first buck with a bow that's pretty good that's really good so she's pretty excited little little two by three cool smoked it died in the road couldn't oh couldn't man. ask for anything better how far was the shot 23 nice that's cool yeah so that's fun watch that and then i end up shooting a buck two nights ago took my wife up we shot a little little two by three with a little drop time yeah about cool. two inches good it's kind of fun get some good meat in the freezer yeah awesome had a good time yeah always a good time yeah that's kind of what i depend like i i don't expect to kill a super big deer in utah every year i mostly like that hunt is mostly just go up hang out we camp for four days hang out with family cruise around take somebody's out help get their first deer things like that yeah so i usually don't worry too much about because i honestly didn't even hunt that hard like if i wanted to really hunt hard there's good deer in every unit you know it's like there's so many big deer everywhere mm -hmm. but i was more concerned just 
hanging out. I shot that buck with, with Paige. She wanted to go blood trails. So it was, you know. Cool. Fun in a different way. Yeah. I'd prefer to kill 200-inch deer every time, but. Yeah. Shooting a two-by-three and letting the wife go. No, yeah, so sometimes it's fun when you have somebody there with you, right? And and uh, a loved one with you, and, and um, you, you get to have that experience with them. So we've done that. I've done that multiple times, you know, where I normally wouldn't maybe shoot that certain animal and got a kid with me and my daughter was with me a couple of years ago and we had a buck come out and feed out in this field and uh, probably normally wouldn't have shot him but she was with me and it was good deer good good four by four good uh, you know like 160 buck and uh, so shot him and it was a good experience until uh, I did I did gut that one because I, I could get it to the truck easy so I, I normally just quarter him but I gutted it and she didn't like that part <laughs> she kind of uh, it kind of freaked her out a little bit I think she was only man eight or nine probably really yeah maybe even maybe even a little younger maybe, maybe seven that's funny so that. you took took a son down on new mexico this last week right yeah yeah so we could talk about that a little bit too um we got some really cool uh antelope hunts that we've been putting together over the last several years we do them all over but new mexico's got some really good options for some good goats uh they're good they're good size there's a lot of a lot of animals and um so this particular hunt actually was a uh, there were a couple of tags that uh weren't sold so we were able to get those kind of a cancellation hunt type deal and quick notice we we got notice first of last week and kelly said hey you know can you you, you want to go and um perfect opportunity you know i wanted to get my my boy bridger out with me he's he's eight and then i called a couple other buddies and uh, one of my other buddies ryan and his son Carson came out with us so we we uh we left last Friday morning and 12 hour drive from here so we drove to a little town called Ratton New Mexico and got into a, a piece of land out there that we had tags for um big old big old area we could hunt it was really cool just pretty open grassy you know hills um saw, saw a bunch of coyotes which is always fun for me and then uh, we 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 got in there and got done pretty quick. So we we got in and and um, right off the bat we actually parked the truck and glass up on the first hill and find a, a buck and a doe up on a hill. So we we figured out we could probably get you know quite a bit closer to them. They were probably 1,700, 1700 yards away. I think is what they were what we ranged them at. So about a mile. And uh, we we. Hopped in the truck and drove a little closer to them. And out there, I mean, if you get out of the truck, that's when they spook. So we kind of just stayed in the truck and just rolled up to them as, as close as we felt we could. And then uh, uh, I said, hey, you know, Carson, why don't you take the first first shot here? Um, and But by the way, so Car Carson is, I think he's 16, might be 17 now. Um, Bridger is only eight but I didn't find this out till I was on my way out there. Um, the uh, outfitter that puts this hunt together for us, he said, hey, is, is your son have his hunter safety done? And he doesn't, so i got to get that done because he actually could have hunted. Really? But at eight? At eight, at eight, as long as you have your hunter safety. Wow. But honestly, he needs more practice. Yeah. You know, and uh, so and we'll kinda, I'll kind of talk about that too and, and how, how shooting schools really come into play because – we got out, out on these and, you know, got out and glassed them up, and he tried to get on one. We, we, we got within about 700, and I think we were just over 700 yards. 
And, oh, no, actually, that first one, we, we were closer than that. We were about 550 yards. And he just, he couldn't, the grass was tall, so he could, he, he had to sit on his butt on shooting sticks, and he just couldn't get steady, you know. He just couldn't get steady enough. And he did take a shot, and he actually shot over it. Um, so, anyway, we, we had to regroup. They, they took off. We regrouped, and uh, uh, within about 30 minutes saw two other bucks and another doe. And so, and it's, you know, it's August, so they're they're pretty spooky right now. You know, it's not like the rut where the rut sometimes they don't even care. You can <laughs> go kill one walk, of the rocks. <laughs> yeah, you can walk up to them sometimes. I mean, you know, but that's not that that's not the case with this hunt. Uh, they they'd see us, you know, from a long way out. They were just really spooky. But anyway, we, we were able to get around on these and get within uh, 400 and about 450 yards. Uh, we, we actually we actually saw them at about a thousand yards. Got out of the truck and, and actually put a stock on them. And there was a hill that we could walk right up over to the top and walked up over the top there and uh, actually um, had him get down on his belly on that one and uh, took a shot and smoked his. Uh, so that was like, I think it was like 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> we had that one down. Went up and, uh, you know, got it all processed and taken care of. And we were done with that one by probably 8, 8.15, totally done. And then we hopped back in the trucks, started doing some more glassing and driving, glassing and driving, and uh, saw a few other goats that were just off the property, or they were on state land. And when you when you have that tag in, in New Mexico, you cannot hunt the state land. You have to stay on the on the private. So we'd see them on, you know, we'd see them just out, outside of the boundary, of course, <laughs> and uh, came over another hill and uh, stopped and glassed. And then I, I glassed this one that I ended up shooting. He was a long way out there, too. He was too far to range. He was probably... I don't know, a couple thousand yards away or, or further. And um, same thing, got in the truck, just kind of moseyed up to them. There was kind of a hill between us and them. And I pulled, I, I, I looked at the hill. I said, hey, let's, let's get to that hill, and I'll just get on my belly and, and take a shot. So we, we, we did that. We drove up that hill, got out, got prone on that on that hill, and uh, pretty windy. I mean, it was, you know, not crazy windy, but probably 10 mile an hour crosswind and uh so we get up on him and get all set up on him he's at 650 yards and uh, starts walking uh to the to the to the left a little bit stops again and uh get on my belly i'm real confident i'm like yeah you know what? i'm shooting i was shooting a six uh six we call it our six all mountain which is basically a 243 or a six creed more but a little quicker so we're shooting um I'm shooting a 110 grain bullet at right about 3,200 feet a second. So anyway, I got set up on him, and he ended up uh, walking out to about 700, and he was at 759, uh, and when when we ranged him, and uh, I gave him uh, 16 or six minutes of wind. I was 13 and a half minutes of elevation, and let one fly, and he was down. So it was a really cool shot. Sweet video. Really, yeah, yeah, really cool shot. Video turned out good, and uh, it was. Yeah, it was it was just a fun, fun, quick hunt. Uh, I love antelope hunting. It's low pressure. Love the opportunity to take those longer shots. Um, he's a, he's a good good size, about a 70 inch goat. So he's a good size goat. This particular hunt, 60, 70 inch antelope is what we were hunting. Uh, there are a lot of the other units that we have there that um, have 80 plus inch. You know, that are very common. You know, booner booner goats all over. This particular ranch wasn't that one of those. Um, so the genetics were what they were, but good, good, mature animal. And, uh, yeah, that was like 1030 in the morning. We were done with that one. Really? And, uh, you know, so both of them first day, both first day, first day, which we, we kind of expected that. Yeah. 
only only time it's, it's a three day hunt. The only time it's going to go longer than that is if you can't shoot or you're being being really picky. But yeah. on, a, on a piece of land like that, to be picky probably isn't. You're, they're all about the same. They're not. You know, now during the rut, different story. The rut they're going to be moving through and moving around, and but this time of year they kind of are what they are there. Yeah. Um, you know, I guess you could always get lucky, but. Yeah, so, you know, Bridger, my boy, he, he loved it. And, uh, you know, you, you make the shot. Where'd you hit him, Dad? You know, and like, I don't know. Wherever, wherever worked. Yeah, wherever <laughs> worked. That's, that's, all I, that's all I know, right? And it ended up hitting him uh, actually just, just in front of the shoulder in the neck. And, uh, yeah, it, it definitely. Dumped like a sack of potatoes, though. Yeah, he did, for sure. For sure. So, you know, after that, you know, we, we kind of get done. And, you know, everybody kind of sees that shot. And, and my buddy Ryan, he's been meaning to get to a shooting school, you know, and now he's like, okay, I really got to come to a shooting school after seeing that, you know, because yeah. you get the question all the time. How do you, how do you really know how much wind to give, uh, to give it? And uh, a lot of it, I mean, yes, there are mathematical equations. If you know what your wind is exactly and you know, the distance and you know, the BC of your bullet, there is obviously mathematical equations that you can use, but in a hunting situation, it's not realistic to get your kestrel out and see exactly what the wind's doing. Yeah, well, even then, it's not even what, what the wind's doing where you is, are. It's like, what's the wind doing where you are, all the way in between and where the animal is. Exactly. So I think wind call, like you can, because anybody can get drop data. It's like everybody can figure out what their bullet's going to drop. Like it's so stinking simple now, but wind calls separate the men from the boys. Yeah, no, like for sure. Can, that's where you can really tell the difference because really anybody can – like wouldn't you like a thousand yard shot? If it's dead calm, everybody can do that. Yeah, pretty simple. Yep. It's like a five hundred yard shot with a fifteen or twenty mile an hour wind. I maybe five or ten percent of people. Yeah. So you got to know what you're doing. And it, and it depends on what you're shooting, you know. So this was a six millimeter bullet. If I was shooting my six five PRC, it would have been been half that much wind. Yeah. And so, you know, you really got to go shoot in the wind and practice in the wind. And it's, there's a lot of, in my opinion, there's a lot of uh, instinct in, in shooting wind. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I really, you know, it's good to have a spotter with you that can say, they can call out the wind for you if they know what they're doing. Awesome. But on this case, I was the only one that kind of. Knew what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess I knew what I was doing good enough to kill it. Right. And I've had a lot of scenarios like that where. I mean, if if it's blowing and it's and it's blowing, you know, against your bullet, aim into the wind at least some. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, no sense putting it right on it if it's you know unless you're like 200 yards. Yeah. But if you're shooting four, five, six hundred yards plus, give it some wind if the wind is blowing, you know, against your bullet. Yeah, I think that's the that's one of the biggest benefits of going with like that's why like a seven like just like what you're saying with your six versus your six five PRC. It's like it cuts your wind in half. So it's like that is one benefit. That's like why I always say shoot the biggest gun that you can shoot really well. Just because like a 7 mag compared to like a 6 Creedmoor or something. Yeah. It's like it just allows you so much more slop. Whereas like 6 minutes, how far were you? 750 yards. Yeah, so 6 minutes is 750. How many inches did About you have? 45 inches. Yeah. It's like yeah. when with a 7, it's like that I'd probably hold 2 minutes. Yes. Yep, 2 to 3. So yeah. you're two feet instead of 40 inches yes so exactly know. exactly no i mean that that's where you know if, if uh, you want a more forgiving rifle then shoot a bigger bullet yeah you know that can still shoot fast and a seven mag is a great option you know 300 wind mag could be good too you know because it bucks the wind yeah 
But if you can't shoot it well, it does you no good. Yeah, right. No, if for sure. If you're scared of it. For sure. So, yeah, it was fun, man. I mean, we, uh, other than, than, the, than the drive is really long. It was 12 hours out, and then, you know, we way back we were able to break that up. But, um, I mean, if, if anyone's looking for a, a good hunt to do with your, your kids or maybe a first yeah. animal for your kids, the price is, is very, I mean, I think these hunts are 3500 bucks, And uh, it'd be a good first hunt for anybody. You know, yeah. if someone's just getting into hunting and they want to go kill their first big game animal. And antelope is really good. I, the, the meat I, I say that and sometimes you get the weird looks on people's faces like what but I mean, we've had taste tests where we've had blind the blindfold taste tests we've had antelope deer and elk and uh you know probably seriously seven to eight out of ten times people pick the antelope as their favorite yeah they're <laughs> amazing good. if you kill them dead yeah yeah if they if run they run yeah i don't know that i've ever ha- had one that's ran that hasn't been good so you know I've had one that's run that was pretty freaking bad. And it wasn't good. Uh-huh. So, But at the same time, antelope's probably my favorite. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. I mean, if you're wondering, you want some good meat, um, man, the loins are just awesome. The loins are good on deer and elk and everything. But the cool thing about the antelope loin, you cut them out, you throw them on the grill. I mean, you don't even need to cut them up, right? And they're just like the perfect, like a four and a half, five ounce steak. And man, they're good. So we ate those. Those are already gone. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. So it was, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then you just bring a cooler, put some ice in it. You know, big cooler fits two antelope in it with the heads. <laughs> Pretty simple, out and back deal, you know. So yeah, I mean next next hunt up. I mean we'll kind of see. We are looking at Mexico still for Rocky Mountain elk, but again, cra- things are crazy in the world right now. Who knows what's going to happen this year, right? I don't know. I mean, Madness. for sure have my my uh, uh, general deer. You've got your elk hunts. I mean, those are those are good. They're yeah, here in the I've states. Got elk next weekend. Then I'm home for a week. Then I got another elk hunt the weekend after that, and then I've got rifle deer after that. Wyoming, Colorado deer. When's Jeff's hunt? Twenty seventh of September. Okay. So he'll be in between those. Okay. So good. Should be good. Kill yeah. some elk. Yeah. Come back with a sore back by October. I'm freaking. If we kill four bulls in September, then. Yeah. You'll hear me complaining in October. You're going to have a lot of good meat to be eating. That's good. That's good. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's going to be going to be a fun year, interesting year to see how things play out with everything. And, uh, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, if you're looking to get out and get on some good hunts, get a, get a hold of us because we, you know, we still have some options and we do have some cancellation hunts that are coming up here and there. And this is the time year to get those. you gotta, you got to usually be able to go within – Maybe a week, you know, maybe maybe even a couple of days sometimes. But sometimes those are the very best deals because the it's crazy deals. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, sometimes someone's already put a down payment on that was non-refundable, and you get to take that discount off your hunt, and it can be good. So you know, don't don't give up if you don't have if you think you don't have anything to hunt or you think things are too expensive or whatever. Just you know, reach out and get a hold of us because we can put together a hunt plan with your budget and see what's out there. Maybe maybe we won't find anything this year, but you'll be set up for maybe next year or, yeah. you know, springtime for spring hunts, spring bear hunts, whatever. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully, you know, I'm also looking at maybe going to Canada in the spring to do, do some bear hunting too. So that's, that's always a fun hunt to go do. Yeah. If you plan it out, you like, you don't really have to have an off season. It's like, there is really something to hunt at every time of the year, as long as you plan to hunt all year. Yeah, for sure. Don't tell your wives. Yeah. Um, yep. No doubt. No doubt. Well, good. Well, that's, uh, I mean, so, so yeah, I mean, uh, I guess 
today's today's podcast i mean for what it's worth to you all i mean talk a little bit about the the, the rifle tips we gave you um you know look at look at our new mexico antelope hunts if you're looking for a good first adventure first little hunt that's simple quick out and back it, it, it's it's just a good option cheap you know very inexpensive and uh again antelope hunting is always fun you know driving the roads seeing some good country and just having a, a quick little adventure uh like i said it's great to be with our boys and spend some time with them and they didn't they, you know bridger's like i don't want to go home you know he wanted he wanted to stay out so and I did spoil him a little bit because his, his deal is, can we go to the gas station? Because he wants to get his, uh, you know, uh, treats and candy bar and drinks. And so I just made sure he had all that stuff. Got what he needs. Yeah. He's good to roll, huh? Make sure I spoiled him so he, want, <laughs> he wants to go again in the future. But, no, I think he, he, he actually was upset that we didn't hike more. Really? So that's a good sign. Yeah, he's your kid. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, Dad, I, we didn't even hike that much, right, because we didn't hike very much at all. Other than basically to go get them, right? I mean, we we did a little little bit of a stock on the on the one, but yeah, he, he I think he thought we were going to be hiking all over the mountain. So we'll, we'll get out on the deer hunt this year and we'll do some hiking. So that's that's uh, that's a good sign, right? When they want to do want to do hiking, and um, you do you do have to watch for the rattlesnakes out there too. He he wanted to go hike up on the hill while we were uh, cutting up my antelope. And I said, "That's fine. Just make sure you watch out for rattlesnakes." And he says, "Oh, I was just kidding, Dad. I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't really want to go on the hike. So, because there are rattlesnakes out there, and you got to be got to be careful. That that's not just New Mexico. That's everywhere. But there's there's a lot of them. Really, them out there. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll we'll keep going. We're, we're a day late this this week. Uh, that's that's Andrew's fault. He was hunting. So busy killing stuff. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, we'll uh, keep these going, and, and if you have any topics you'd like us to cover, uh, definitely let us know. And uh, we're working on getting some guests on here too, but the guests that I was going to have on these next couple of weeks, they've been hunting. Uh, so, you know, when they get back in, we'll, uh, we'll get some of those guys on with us as well and, and uh, get some different variety on here. So, anyway, hope you're all uh, enjoying your hunting season. We wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will catch you next time.